Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is a holy God. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. No matter what's going on in our lives. And if even someone today says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Amen. Oh, because I know that my Redeemer lives. And when he has tried me, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. The Lord will take your breath away. From time to time, he just takes your breath away. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We give honor to you, God. This is all about you. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody today needs to offer up unto God the sacrifice of praise. Because right now your circumstances you feel don't warrant you giving God a praise. But that's the time to sacrifice. That's sacrificial praise. Somebody has said there's only two times to praise the Lord. And that's when you feel like it. And when you don't. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Just think about your life just for one moment. Think about where he brought you from. Think about everywhere from where he brought you from. You remember that thing, don't you, Bishop? When I said if he had left us out there two more weeks, we wouldn't be sitting here now. Oh, somebody give him some praise. Because we know where he brought us from. Oh, hallelujah. And we tend to forget. And sometimes we tend to get to a place where we may think, we're somebody. We're all of that now. We're, I know there's 66 books in the Bible. Glory, hallelujah, I am somebody. Oh, lest we forget Gethsemane. Praise you, Lord. Our scripture today is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to be reading for you from the English Standard Version, verses 27 through 29. Matthew chapter 9. Praise the Lord. It's interesting, we have like the turning of pages and the speaking into our devices. Matthew chapter 9, 27 to 29. Praise the Lord for the technology, amen. Praise the Lord. But lest we forget, we still need to read the book. Amen. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. So you can stand as you're able for the reading of the word of God. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 27 in the ESV. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David! When he entered the house, the blind men came to him. 
And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. This is the word of God for us today, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you bow in prayer with me? Hallelujah to you, O God. We bow. We bow. We bow. We bow before you. We reverence you this morning, O God. We reverence you in your holy presence in this place. In every place where we're gathered, even in our living rooms, dining rooms, kitchens, wherever we are, we we acknowledge your presence. And so we bow down. And humble ourselves before your will. So God we ask today that you would indeed minister this word to us. Because only you can do that. We ask that you help each one of us wherever we are at. Whatever day it is. Whatever night it is. Help us to hear what it is that you're saying to us today. And then help us to respond to you. Glorify yourself O God. Do all that you desire to do. We yield to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of our message today is Do You Believe? Do You Believe? We have before us today two blind men. We don't know if they were born blind or whether or not they became blind through some accident or illness. We just know they are blind, they cannot see. And then one day the word got around that Jesus was healing so many of sicknesses and diseases. And he was on his way to where they were. Now right now is the time for us to use our sanctified imaginations this morning. And to help us do that, I would like you just to close your eyes. No peeking. If you really have your eyes closed... Right now, you can't see a thing. Or maybe I should say you can't see a thing in the place where you're at right now. You can no longer see the walls in the room that you're in, the window, or the other people that are there with you. You cannot see me if you're in the church right now and your eyes are closed. Imagine if what you were quote unquote, seeing right now with your eyes closed was all that you had to look forward to seeing day in and day out. And you know that other people around you are seeing all that you cannot see. How would you feel? And may we never forget that this is some people's reality even now. Would you be okay with that? Especially having been a seeing person? Then think about this. If you heard that Jesus is nearby and that he has been healing all kinds of sicknesses and diseases, would you want to see? You can open your eyes. There's a couple other scenarios I want us to consider. In chapter 9, same chapter, verse 18, in the New Living, it says that after Jesus had been teaching about fasting, he said, the leader of a synagogue came. 
this guy named Jairus, because Jairus, Matthew's account doesn't give us his name, but Mark's account does. So we know that Jairus came and knelt before Jesus and said, my daughter has just died. But you, but, but you, you, you can bring her back to life again. If you just come and lay your hand on her. Ah, on his way to Jairus's house now, a woman who suffered from constant bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched just the fringe of his robe. And verse 21, that says, knows that she thought, if I can just touch his robe, if I can just touch what we know in the King James is the hem of his garment, which is just the fringe at the bottom of his garment. She wasn't even going to pull on his clothes. If I can just touch the fringe, if I can just touch the fringe on his robe, I know I'm going to be healed. The scripture says Jesus turned around after she touched him. And he looked at her. This woman who had been alienated for 12 years. People couldn't come near her. She had to essentially be like a leper and cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. She was despised, rejected by all who saw her because of her disease, her illness. But Jesus, the king of kings, the Lord of glory, he turned around when he looked at her because he had felt that touch. And the King James said he felt that, that power. Oh, she had tapped into the power. That power had gone out from him. And he turned around and he looked at her. She who had been cast out by society. He looked at her and he said, daughter, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed that very moment. Mm. Back to this man who has his daughter that he believes has died. Mm. Oh, glory, hallelujah. And crossing by this woman with that same illness for 12 years. Come on, somebody, 12 long years. How long you been sick? This all demonstrates radical faith. And I must note here one commentator's observation regarding Jesus' response to her, especially since Mark 6 lets us know that others began to seek to touch the border of his garment, and they too were healed. The commentator said this leaves a theological argument, for it was not Jesus' garment, but his person that brought healing yet Jesus neither counseled otherwise nor withheld the power in other words he didn't go about correcting her oh hallelujah deliver us oh God deliver us he responded to her faith and those who believe and, and similarly were healed as a result of following her example. You don't know who's watching you in the midst of your suffering. Oh, come on, King Jesus. 
They're watching you and wondering, how come you still keep going to that church? Why you keep serving? Oh, hallelujah. Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching and they're following your example and my example of how we suffer. Come on. As how we suffer, suffer with our Savior. Although I have enumerated several physical healings, this message today is not to be limited to physical healing. We are broken in so many places and suffering from so many losses and find ourselves still in the midst of some very undesirable circumstances. And I'm not just referring to this pandemic. Because some of us in our personal lives have our own pandemic going on. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is going to encourage us today. Deliver us. Homes are broken. Lies have been told. Somebody's tired of being the one who always must forgive. And somebody, somebody else, you're prepared to leave your happy home because your mate hogs the remote. Sounds silly, doesn't it? But some marriages have broken up for less. But what about the division going on right now in some of our homes, in some of our families? Isn't that over something equally as silly? Then there's all those fears. I don't have to name them. You know what it is you're afraid of this morning. Deep down inside, even with your hand raised in praise. That's why you won't apply for that job. Why you won't go out with that person again. They can't possibly want me because you rationalize. Why apply for that job? I didn't get the last one I applied for rejection. That's a big one, isn't it? Money woes. Perhaps the biggest fear of all today for some is the fear that things will never change. In Mark 9, there's an account of a demon-possessed boy. The father asked Jesus, have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible, Sister Leona, if a person believes. Someone is crying out right now, but I am believing. All things only seem, and as I'm believing, things only seem to be getting worse. Many, many years ago, when I was fresh out of the baptismal pool, my then pastor, Timothy Ruffin, said to us in the midst of the Bible study, some of you in here, praying for your mates to be saved. He said, but you don't know. You might have to wait 25 years. And I sat there, I said, "Hmm, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. And guess what? I didn't have to wait 25 years. I had to wait 35 years. Do you believe Do you believe? Do you believe? Ecclesiastes 3.11 said, He has made 
everything beautiful in its time. And that's the part that messes with us. Galatians 4, 4 says, in the fullness of time. God sent forth his son. In the fullness of time, you got saved. In the fullness of time, I got saved. And in the fullness of time, after 35 years, Pyphram got saved. Do you believe? Do you believe? What, are, what is it that we're in need of today? We're all in the place of the blind men in our text today. And Jesus isn't coming. He's here. And he says to us, too, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Which means since you believe, your request is granted. Oh, glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. In Romans 12, 3, in the ESV, Paul teaches, For by the grace given to me, I say, everyone among, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What are we doing to increase the measure of faith God gave us when he saved us. After all, Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. How are we nurturing or nourishing our faith so that it can increase? I took a survey of a few believers, and after I get a sip, I'm going to tell you what they said. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, glory to his name. Thank you, Lord. The first person said to me that the way they nurture their faith is by depending on God. You see, they applied to get an apartment. And when they went there, the person told them it was going to be a three to five year waiting list. And they said, fine, because they're just trusting God. And they wanted that place. Mm, sometimes you have to let your request be made known, right? After the person finished talking with this person and taking down their information, they said, you have now moved to the top of the list. By depending on God, that's nurturing our faith. Another person said they're making the choice. They're making the choice to read God's word and spend time with him. Surrendering to his will. Being obedient to what they know. And they said they're paying attention now to how he moves in their life. Now another person admitted that it has always been a struggle for them to nurture their relationship with God. But they learned they had to be intentional about it. They learned that God shows up at, at, as they go through things. And they said they were always a very independent person, but they had learned that it always had been God carrying her. Oh, hallelujah. She continues on to say that she nurtures it her relationship by studying, listening to the word, talking to the Lord, standing by and watching him work. 
And as she matured, she knew that her God, her dad, had her back and was going to show up. She learned to be open to him, to be present with him. She said it took practice. And she said it's not always the tangible, but in the broken, depressing, and disappointing places as well. She learned that she must fellowship with other believers. And she's learned to appreciate the rebuke of more mature Christians. She's learned fasting, though that's been a struggle. And she's learned to be quiet with the Lord. Now, all of the above is how a few saints nurture, which means to care for and encourage the growth or development of their relationship with the Lord. No doubt each of them are believing God in new and different ways as a result. You know, because it's drawing near to God. God said if we draw near to him, he's going to draw near to us. Will we get everything we're believing God for? That involves God's sovereignty, which means if it's part of his plan, then the answer is yes. Will we all get healed physically? Yes. Some of us will get healed and stay here. While other, others of us will get healed as we go to our heavenly home. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody's getting healed. One theologian, Nathaniel Pyfram, said, our faith must change the lens we look through, and it must be embedded in the character of God. We're not designed to be satisfied by the things of this life. And he says, I encourage all of us to look into God's word a little deeper and see what he has said that he's holding himself accountable to on our behalf. End quote. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Brother Justin, you can get ready. I'm not sure, but you can just get ready anyway. Friday morning, I had an encounter with the Lord as he had me listen to Jonathan McReynolds, God is good. He helped me to see clearly that it had been my struggles that had kept me near the cross. It had been my troubles that had shown me that I need God. Oh, glory, hallelujah. And that he is the one who will make my battles in the way they should. My bad days, they have only proved that God is good. And in the end, and in the real end, in the real end, at the end of the real day, the last day, my whole life, my whole life, oh, hallelujah, my whole life will prove that God is good. Come on, Brother Justin, help us out a little bit. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Just a portion, I'll signal you.
faith must change the lens we look through and the lens that we look through it must be embedded in the character of God so now I pray that we all could see what God showed me Friday morning that it is our struggles it's our struggles that keep us near the cross it's our troubles it's it, it's it's our troubles that 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 show that we need God And the battles, the battles belong to him. So that's why he's going to see that they end the way they should. Oh, glory, hallelujah. And then our bad days, hey, they only prove that God is good. Somebody say, how'd you get through that? And how'd you get through that? And how'd you get through that? By the grace of God, by the goodness of God, by the mercy of God, by the faithfulness of God. That's how I made it. You want to know how I made it? That's how I made it. Songwriter said, he's able. God is able. The question today to us is, do we believe? The scripture says, according to your faith, my sister, and according to your faith, my brother, be it done unto you. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do I believe? Do we believe this morning? Do we believe God in all that he has said? All of his promises are yes to our amen in Christ. All of them. He said he will not withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly before him. He said he who spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Get into your word so you know what he says. And you can give him back his promises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we believe today? And what is our belief based on? Dig deeper into the word of God. And you can't get the Bible study because you're working that night or whatever. The scripture says we don't need a man to teach us. The same anointing, the same Holy Spirit that we have will teach us all things. It's only a matter if you want to know. Oh, glory to his name. Do you really want to know? Glory to his name. He's here to heal. 
He's here to deliver. He's here. He's in your living room. He's in the bedroom. He wants to know, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Be like that one that said, Lord, with the demon-possessed boy, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. I believe you can, God, but I'm not sure you'll do it for me. Will you? Because that's the thing. Some of us, I know that's where I was when I first got saved. I believe God could do anything. But I didn't know if he would do it for me. But I found out. I found out. Yes, he will. 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 Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe, next? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe, Sister Anna? Do you believe? Hallelujah. I know you believe, Sister Ollie. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Give him praise. Give him glory. He's faithful. Hallelujah. So many of us are blind today, not physically, but we're blind to what it is that God wants us to see. Ask God, open up my eyes, God. Bless me to see through your eyes. And if we look at our circumstances through his eyes, through his eyes, we'll believe, we'll believe, we will believe. Oh, glory to his name. Glory to his name. Will you bow in prayer with me? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you for posing us with that, to us the question today. Do we believe? And each one of us, God, it means something different. You're bringing it up. You're bringing it up today in our spirits. And you're asking each one of us, not based on anything you have ever done. But based on all of who I am, says the King of Kings, says the Lord of Lords, based on me, will you believe? God, we need your help. Because without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things. And we rebuke that foul spirit of darkness, that spirit of discouragement and doubt. It does not come from you. No matter how weak we may feel we are, no matter if we just got born again last night, you want us to step out there and say, Lord, at least I want to believe. Help me to believe. Oh, God, you're so amazing that you will help us to believe you. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. God, Seal this word to us. Repeat it over and over in our spirits. Put that question before us night and day and day and night. Do you believe? Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.